Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome to the Robert Dow Show podcast. I'm your host, Robert Dow, where we come for philosophy and basically whatever's on our mind that week. And uh, boy, do I have a lot to tell you guys. And uh, I see our steady listeners. We we've uh, we've we've been doing pretty good on plays. I encourage you to subscribe on Spotify and also pop a follow on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I hope you're doing great. How you doing? You can tell I'm really excited to be with you today, and I've got a lot to say. People around me are, you know, people in general will never cease to actually amaze you with things that go on. And I emphasize this on the channel all the time, but the power and the resilience of the human mind and the human brain are absolutely resounding. Just resilience that's resounding. It's honestly, the crazy thing is you don't even have to instigate progression. Progression happens on its own. You can be stuck in the same room with the human brain and you're going to get a, a, an evolutionary result. It's insane. And it, it's got to be happening if there's some science people out there they would know better than I would. It's got to be happening on an evolutionary level all the time. And uh, maybe it's maybe it's God, maybe it's a higher power, maybe it's uh, your inner self, maybe it's whatever you believe in, your, your power belief. But, golly, I had so much to talk about. So, I got hung up initially this week on something really stupid. It was, I call it stupid, but it's, it's not stupid. I'm just being overly critical. And it was deciding to change my style up. And you know, style's not something that you just do. Uh, uh, well, it is something you just do. I, I was treating it like it's something that you don't just do, is what I'm getting at. And it's kind of ridiculous, because like how my brain is used to working is kind of like half-cocked, which everybody does their own thing. I mean, some people, you you know, you sleep a lot. If you're sleeping right now, I hope you're getting great rest. Somebody, you hit the gym a lot. You're, you're doing the reps. You're running. Whatever people do, you get caught in the levels of your rhythm for that week. You get caught in it and that's how you live and how you desire to function. And whatever happens within that, less choices are always conducive to change. Less choices brings on change because you're giving the you know the mind free form to think within the lines. You they, I know the successful, rich-esque of the world, people like the Zucks and the Bill, Billy G's and all these people, a habit of being that radically successful is they don't choose what they wear, they just wear things kind of thing. So they'll have their clothes already picked out and it's something that they always wear and they just put that on and rock with it you know, black shirt, blue jeans, whatever. But I was thinking about, you know, maybe letting my facial hair go a little bit and my hair. And I've always been so critical about, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) excuse me, I'm still feeling it a little bit from last week. I appreciate your patience. I'm still on the fence about it because in my circles, I always say, you know, if you want to be, because we're in capitalist America, if you want to be employable, you make yourself employable. And it's always good to be clean cut and uh, approachable. And 
it's always been a thing for me to be approachable, but I'm in this weird state of mind where I woke up this week and I always talk about this on the podcast, that you can just wake up one day and choose to be different. You can get a feeling and just go, you know, I'm not going to shave my face and my head over and over and over. I'm going to, I'm going to start eating more and I'm going to start bulking up. And I bought a pull-up bar and some weights. And it's made me feel, exerting that force has made me feel healthier. It has helped me deal a little bit with my internal anger issues, which um, I don't know what you're going through, but if you're angry, uh, remember there's always something productive that you can do. You can take that anger and you can put it into something beautiful. And uh, Dad always used to say that anger fueled him. And the way I'd explain it to Dad when I didn't know back in the day was, you know, Dad, you can put gas in the car, but you don't know whether you're putting it in drive or whether you're putting it in reverse. And I was explaining how, at the time, I thought anger didn't have its own use, but I believe now more than ever that anger has a use. It really does. If you're angry, I think it can fuel you to change. I used to think negative emotions didn't have their place. And this is a long time ago. I used to think negative emotions didn't have their place, but negative emotions actually have more of a place than we give them credit for. When you're feeling something negative, you can more often than not turn it into something positive, changing the context like Jeremy Renner we talked about a couple weeks ago. It's not all changing the context though. I think it's good to feel those things. A a few times this last week, because it was a very eventful week, a few times this last week, um, people in close confidence voiced their fears to me. Their their main fears in situations where, like let's say, I want to give an example without being overly specific, so I've got to be a little bit vague, which is my specialty. Let's say, no names, no situations. And I'm just going to make one up off the top of my head. Let's say you have the fear that you don't... Actually, I might be being a little bit too specific. So, you know how Pink Floyd has that lyric in uh, Time where it says, uh, don't know when to run, Uh, you missed a starting gun. And everybody has their own fear. Everyone has one catered to themselves. It's crazy. It's like a very special coat or suit made for you. We all have it. (coughs) Golly. (coughs) Let me get a drink of my coffee, and I appreciate your patience. People have these specific fears that are tailored to themselves. It's insane. You can have them if you have kids. It can be outside of yourself. You can be worried about emotions your spouse feels. You can be worried about... It can be basic. It can be very not basic. But it's always tailored to you. And there's always a a guy up there at the top. If I had to personify this thing, there's always one at the top. And it... I think in an evolutionary way, it rules your life for a reason. And and it's not really like ruling your life, but it is ruling your destiny. It's the big, I don't want this to happen. So since I don't want this to happen, I I fear it. And it is, it's, it's more than a worry. It is actually a legitimate fear. 
I think, and this is my theory, I don't think that I don't think that everybody has this theory, but maybe you'll agree with me. When you have a fear and you're worried about missing the starting gun, it makes your ears keen to the sound of the gun. It makes you ready for the time to jump, ready for the time to leap, and you won't let life pass you by. That's deep. So I'll, I'll go in about that and see if I can unpack that. You want to be. You don't want to be like your father. You don't want to be like your mother. I had this crazy th- mental dilemma I was going through about. It, it's going to sound stupid, guys. I, I I don't know why I'm being so overly critical of myself today, but just bear with me. We thought about getting storage here. And the storage was really cheap. It wasn't but like 50 bucks. And usually there is an avenue for me to talk myself out of doing something like that, getting storage or, you know, whatever. I can usually take something, and I call it realism, but it may be under the guise of negativity. And being mentally aware of that changes everything. It's made the journey hard. So... I take something, and then the storage thing. Well, my apartment's kind of, you know, getting loaded down with stuff. So, the storage wasn't going to be but 50 bucks. And it's from some another person in the complex. We happened to luck out, and they were going to do some paperwork with us, and we were going to transfer the storage in our name. But I always have that if you can't handle the problems in your backyard, that means you can't handle them anywhere else. doesn't matter if you're across the U.S. If you can't handle the problems in your backyard, you can't handle them. So this dilemma stemmed all the way up into my core and made me think about mom and how she held on to things. And I talked about that a little bit in last week's podcast. How the old generation, the have-nots, the having the have-nots, which is a bad way to describe that, they decided they were never going to do without ever again. And they held on to things and they held on to things in excess. And I started analyzing myself because I had that apex fear. The apex fear is I don't ever want to turn out like that. And I'm not saying that, putting that in a box, that that encapsulates everything. Because to do that would be me putting a label on her, my life, all that. You can't put people in boxes. But I take this one dark aspect, because all it takes is one dark aspect of something, and it manifested this very large fear. Like kind of like when you're a kid and you're scared to go to the doctor because you know you're gonna get a shot, kind of thing. <coughs> I manifested this whole apex fear from nothing and let it stem to if I grow facial hair and hair, is that me holding on to something? Um, if we get this storage and I put my shit in it, pardon my French, is that me holding on to things? Is that me dealing with the same dilemma? Am I becoming the same person? Am I repeating the cycle, the vicious cycle? And I ran it past the right person one day because I ran it past a few people in confidence. I needed not just, I wasn't seeking approval, I was seeking counsel. 
And when you consult your own mind for things, you can't expect your mind to be right. Because your mind's not going to be right. Even though a broken clock is right twice a day, your mind's not going to be right all the time. And you can't just beat yourself up and create these environments that are conducive to catastrophic failure. But sometimes they're catastrophic success. So in confidence, I look for counsel and brought it to somebody who's kind of like a mentor a little bit. I brought it to him and he shut me down so quick. And it made me realize how in my base thought process, I was probably correct. I said, do you think, you know, this makes me this hoarder, whatever. He said, yes. No hesitation. Excuse me. No hesitation. And that got me in my head and let me know that I was overthinking things. I was like, oh gosh, he's actually right. I had it in my head that if things didn't meet certain genres, I wasn't going to hold on to it. But then, that, it wasn't over yet. I didn't get my answer there. I didn't want to just get my answer from one place. I kind of wanted to do it like a three-piece triangle or something or like a star. And then go in the middle of all those opinions, including my own, and find the truth. And another person mentioned, they said, if you're using that storage space as a tool, that does not make it what you think it is. Because if you're using it as a tool, then you're... Sorry, I'm sniffling the mic. I guess I'm feeling the last week a little bit more than I thought I was. That doesn't make you what you think you are. You're not what you think you are if you use that storage as a tool. Because you're going in and out of there, you're using it. It's a tool. When something doesn't have a utilitarian use, the best move is to rehome it, you know, charity, something. If it doesn't have a utility, and I'm not talking about like certain things don't have utilitarian use, like art. And we're all, it's a free country. We're in America. We're in capitalist America. Unless you're out there in one of those other countries that listen to the show. If so, hey, <laughs> how you doing? What's up? What's up? What's up? Nah, in here, we have, you know, free will. It's a thing. We can choose when we eat, choose when, you know, choose what we want to keep. That's the whole, the whole name of the shebang, the whole limitless choice thing, the whole name of the shebang, you get to choose. I let $50 worth of storage dictate my style and I let it get to me. I let it get in my head and you can't let things get in your head like that. If it's 50 bucks, just get it and go. If you realize you're not using it as a tool, maybe it would be conducive to your growth to get rid of it. Maybe it would be on point to be self-aware enough and say, I am becoming like my apex fear. I am missing the starting gun. I am worried about being hated. Like, that was one of them. Not being overly specific. And it, and that wasn't that wasn't mine. That was some someone that somebody told me, but it was it was things that they couldn't control. Missing the starting gun doesn't mean that you heard the the, the round fired. You could have not heard it and not reacted. Philosophically, because I'm trying to get into the into the realm with a little bit of empathy, we battle with empathy on RDS. Getting into that ro- that role. People don't always recognize things. 
a little bit of patience goes a long way. Sometimes you can see the motor functions of things happening. This is going to sound really stupid. I was at Subway getting a sandwich. Why am I being so overly critical of myself today? Guys, forgive me. I was at Subway. I was getting a sandwich. <laughs> it's a mundane. And a couple guys were helping me at once. I'm trying to put on weight because I wanted to do a little bit of strength training. I'm trying to build a little bit more physique. I've been inspired by people around me who do that sort of thing. And I want to create an environment that's conducive to my growth and progression. So I'm, I've gained a little weight with my job, but I want to gain more weight and I want to curb that and kind of tone it out. I don't know about that. If we have any fitness experts in the house, leave me a comment and uh, let me know what you're thinking about what's up. I researched protein shakes, so I'm on protein shakes now, and I hear they're pretty good for you. I've gotten mixed reviews about when you're supposed to take them. If you're trying to bulk up, I hear you're supposed to take a lot of them more often. And then some people say don't hit them unless you need them, but I'm, I'm, this is never medical advice. Take a shot of uh, your apple juice. This is never medical advice. I'm not a fitness trainer. I'm going to leave the fitness training shit to uh, the professionals. But I was researching and going, well, what about pre-workout and asking people around me who are professionals to kind of get in the zone. And my body's really sensitive to adding ingredients or whatever. If I do the pre-workout thing where people normally do scoops and stuff, I'd probably be rocking tablespoons. Like, no joke. It's going to be really light for me. And I haven't had much of a fitness journey. Hell, I can barely stay healthy. So that's kind of why I wanted to build endurance up and make a change. And I think it's always productive to be making changes. Sometimes you don't want to change things because you can change one thing and it can be the bad apple that ruins the bunch. Kind of. You can change one thing and that, that thing that you change can mess up your whole your whole vibe, your whole thing. Yeah. If you're using something as a tool and it has utilitarian use, not art, not something, you can like something purely for the aesthetic. But storage isn't an aesthetic piece. Storage isn't a piece of art. It's, if I'm not using it, okay. Yeah, the point blank, like that mentor. Yeah, I'm creating an environment where it's conducive, conducive to my apex fear. Now, the philosophy behind fears and having fears, and I know fear is our evolutionary response to being chased and endorphins and stuff like that, you know, animal brain. But to have one deep like that, you lived it out and you don't, you don't want to miss the starting gun and be a decade behind. And, but the thing is, in defense to that, my defense argument to missing the starting gun is you always have time. I have time. 10, 15 years younger than me certainly has time. 10, 15 years older than me, you have time. The RDS show, we have so many different age ranges because it's cool. It lets me see what different age ranges listen to the show. And I'm telling you, we all have time. I think even if you're 99, you have time. Even if your time is only one day, You've got time. You always have time. You could wake up one day and be different. I want to lift. It might not be realistic in 99 to lift. You might ought to take it easy. Maybe you can lift a remote. <laughs> no. 
that's bad. You can always turn over a new leaf. It's never too late to listen to the evolutionary response of your brain telling you the answer. Telling you, maybe this can be easier like this. Some of these places, we're paid from the neck down. That's a joke I say. I don't get paid to think I get paid from the neck down. That's what I always say. When I'm at work and I'm told to do things a specific way, but I know it's better. Which that gives you two different ways you could go about it. You could just do as you're told and pull a check. Or you could argue your response productively. And not argue, maybe debate. Or maybe at least throw your idea in the hat for something better. And maybe you can do it and have personal gain. Because if there's no personal gain, specifically here in America, if you're not doing that in the professional environment, doing something for personal gain, you can be left behind. You can't actually miss a starting gun because companies will take advantage of you. That's a completely different story, which I've talked about. Corporate work culture. I try not to fall off in that hole. The subject today is more so not letting your fears dictate Well, you can let them dictate your destiny, but don't let them dictate your style. Don't let them dictate everything else. Just because you have that one thing, your brain is going to make sure that you avoid it. You're not going to miss the starting gun. You're not going to be like your mother or your father. You may be worried about someone else's response. Since you're worried about it and you're thinking about it, that means that you're mentally and situationally aware of it. Since you're aware of it, It's not going to happen. You're going to make sure it doesn't happen. You're there. You're you're wide open. You're going to receive what the universe wants you to have. And you're going to dodge that bullet. You're going to dodge that old bullet. Now, are you going to deal with something else? More than likely. Something else is going to come up. Things can happen. They will happen. And that can be a good way. If you're... If I'm setting up this environment to gain weight and lift, all of a sudden, things are happening. I saw something pretty interesting this last week about note-taking. There's this guy, Tiasa or something like that, but he has a book. It's called Second Brain, Building Your Second Brain. And he was talking about note-taking and taking... He's basically automating his mind to do what it's going to do on its own because we all we're content conscientious all the time we're always ingesting content it's hard to remember all the content and he was taking the memory work out of it through note taking and note taking apps and note taking organization and he was organizing things in such a way that he'd have unfinished projects you know, whatever you're working on, already archived and finished projects, thoughts that weren't fleshed out. All the notes were digital and they all made it in such a way that he could come back to it later. And that second brain is recorded. Some of these apps are so intelligent, like the ones that can look at a web page that you're looking at and already start speaking it. I know that's the future. I always wanted that. And uh, I think it's well within reach now another one was taking notes as your phone's looking at it and it sounds kind of fairly invasive because it kind of is that's why we use VPNs and stuff like that is because people don't want to be tracked and have, have all their activity in one place but 
it's neat to think about, and you don't want to outsource your own mind and your own thinking, but to a certain degree, outsourcing your memory, I don't think that's too far-fetched and too out-of-pocket to ask for a little bit just because there's so much going in. I had to write down some stuff for the podcast, and uh, I'm probably going to bring that up in a little bit. But yeah, I wanted to bring to your attention the whole dealing with fear thing. And it's your apex fear. It's not It's not just every day, I don't want to get a shot when I go to the doctor. No. Apex like, I don't want to become this. It's going to be okay. Your, your mind's going to dodge it on its own. Because we're going to make sure we don't hit that. It's like a big red stop sign in the middle of the road. Literally. A big red stop sign. You can't miss it. Alright guys. I'm actually getting ready for break. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're glad to be here. As glad as I am. I'm overjoyed. And I hope everything's going well for you. So I'll be right back after this break. Thanks. I'm your host, Robert Allen. We are talking about the apex fear thing. And we're going to ditch that and kind of segue into something else I wanted to cover. So, talking about evolutionary responses to what's going on and your ability to grow and your ability to deal with fear. I was thinking about this this week, about how, you know, if you're a thinker about problems, just by proxy, you end up less of a doer, and vice versa. If you're a doer, you end up being a little bit less of a thinker, and I might be writing things off when I'm saying that, like it's very yin and yang of me, but I do think that if you're on one side, well, you definitely can't do both at the same time wholeheartedly like 100% if you're thinking and you're not doing you think better if you're doing and you're not thinking you do better I just thought that was odd and a cool thing to note I was spending some time alone pulling some overtime and uh I had you guys on my mind when I thought about that about the thinking versus doing thing the weather's actually turning around to get pretty nice now. So it's encouraging getting out there and making changes. Cleaning out the car. Cleaning out uh, the, the garage. Um, washing the car. Mowing the lawn. Things are changing so you're less like cooped up. I hope, wherever you are, I hope that uh, the weather's as nice as it's been here. And just like the weather changing we change we're ready to take on life and whatever it throws at us and there's something to be said about the people out there thinking and doing and you jump on YouTube and there's so much to look at just bounds and bounds and bounds of insanity and some of it's really really fun and some of it's kind of mundane And 
it's weird how whatever you choose to look at, in a way, you become. Because you're thinking about it. The old you are what you eat thing. Whatever you choose to look at, you end up becoming. And they say that certain demographics, like you're a product of your environment. When it has to do with crime and things like that. And I talked about that a little bit on the show. Being a product of where you come from. That being a little bit of a cop-out. And it is. It is a little bit of a cop-out. Because it's not all where you come from. But that was an experience I had when I used to be a delinquent and on hallucinogens and things like that. I realized that your environment is a big time temperamental thing to the mind and and, uh, and the body and the whole mood and the vibe. Your environment can subconsciously shape you. And if you're in a spot that's, you know, you can feel it controlling your mind. Maybe that's a thing. Legitimately, maybe that's a thing. Because with the nicer weather out, you feel nicer. You want to go out. You want to you wanna start picking up weights and eating more and getting fit, getting your beach bod on. You know, if you're single out there, impressing uh, impressing the, the ladies or the, the guys with your, your fit bod that you're working on. I Google it. So it takes three months if you want to get in shape on average is what Google said. So if you want to get like cut or built or whatever or uh, just shape up a little bit, after three months you notice a change. And they're always talking about in these circles, um, and I'm not a professional about this stuff, but they're always talking about the compound growth of constantly doing a little bit every day, getting you to an end result that you just wake up one day and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm cut out of nowhere. And it's not out of nowhere. It's just compound interest of you taking those things. What led me down this path that I was on, it was that anger thing that we were talking about and producing something positive about it. And I started taking a poll a little bit at work and around. I started asking people if working out while you're angry is a thing. And, uh, if you're around me and I've asked you that, you know what's up um, on the show. And I'm not airing us out. But some people said that they do it. And it, it makes them perform better. When, they're, when they go to the gym to just kind of like blow off some smoke. It works for some people. Some people don't even know. When I asked them about this and I was taking this little poll to myself... Some people don't know, like, when I started asking about anger, it was like I was speaking a different language. I get kind of like the deer in the headlights look. No, I wouldn't go to the gym and work out angry. And I'm thinking because they summed it up like I used to sum it up, that anger didn't have a productive space in everything. All these emotions and your body telling you things... It's good to compartmentalize professionally because you don't you don't you don't want to ever have your emotions affecting your logic during situations because emotions and logic follow two different line paths. If you get on a decision and you make that decision out of emotion and it lacks logic, the yin and yang thing, the thinking and doing thing, if you're too much of one and you're too much of the other, if you're off, 
on that wavelength, you can make it an you can make a not such a good decision. You, you can make a bad decision that way, following your emotion or or too much your logic. Because if you follow too much your logic, you're not in touch and aware with what your emotions are telling you and the vibe. You're not picking up the vibe. From what I've noticed, women are always better about picking up the vibe. And I'm, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to get in trouble for saying that. I've just noticed that they have a little bit more of a gift in that arena. But opposites attract. Sometimes you can get, there's a, there's a guy who's a really good friend of mine. He's very in touch with his emotions and I think it gives him a leg up when he's talking to uh, people who are potential candidates for being a significant other. It also gives him a leg down. And, but back to, yeah, that yin and yang, the thinking and doing thing, the, the emotions versus logic, the, the brain splitting in two there. Because when you're activating one, a lot of the time you can't activate the other, or you can activate the other, but it's not in full swing. I think the best way to go about it is kind of go with that range of emotions as you're diagnosing whatever you're looking at. Go with that range of emotions and, and let it let it play out. And then follow the logic on its way in. Or if the logic comes first and the emotions, follow the emotions on their way in post-logic. So that way you can make an educated decision or that way it's not split second. Nothing, nothing good comes from just the split second hair trigger decision, I think. I think just backing up a little bit and giving some something some thought process, the future, the past, the present, whatever you're doing. If you give it a little bit of thought process, I think there is a desired end result. It turns out a little bit more cultivated than it would. And I think that guy Tiasso. The second brain book guy, I think he was a little bit on that. Automating your second brain. He's freeing up real estate. He realizes, hey, I can't be using memory and, and thinking at the same time. Like, what, what's that funny quote, the Ron Swanson quote? Don't, the, the Ron Swanson quote that goes, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Like, whatever, whatever you do, if you're really good at one thing, like chicken restaurants that only produce chicken um I got into this the weeds of something and this is completely unrelated did you know this last week there was a tic tac reveal party for a new flavor when I saw this stuff I I looked at it like uh that was my crock I didn't that wasn't flatulence (laughs) oh my gosh when I'm, I'm, yeah, now I'm messing myself up. So, yeah, strawberries and cream Tic Tacs. They reveal this new flavor. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And I went through the rabbit hole of thinking about the utilitarian use of a Tic Tac. Because, uh, you know how mints are used to, like, kind of get fresh after you eat a meal. You have a couple mints, it gets you fresh, you're good to go. This is so unrelated. I can't believe I'm talking about this. And at this strawberries and cream reveal Tic Tac party, you know they're either doing this in California or New York. They had to be. And they had, 
you could design your own tic-tac boxes and you got a room full of cows that you can pose with pictures with because I guess that's the cream and you got strawberries on the wall. They had an open bar. They had a dish that they had designed. <clears throat> and it was like sort of a chicken shish kebab thing on this plate. And it was doing these, uh, like a fork. And it was dressed really nicely. It was a beautiful dish. You could tell it was made by real chefs. And they designed this just for a strawberries and cream reveal thing. So I started kind of thinking about it more and more. And uh, a close friend of mine, he said, you know, that's a, it's a PR stunt. It's, a, it's just a big advertisement. Tic-tac machines coming out of the wall. And I mean, literally, like uh, if you've ever been to a yogurt shop, and the tubes in the wall kind of come down from like up high and the different flavors are there so you can you have like a different kind of like a fountain sort of and you can just pick what flavors you want but it's coming down like off the wall like crazy they're doing this with tic tacs but you can't go ham on tic tacs like you can halloween candy because like halloween candy you got snickers you got twix you got three musketeers you got butterfingers the this sounds so funny to talk about the utilitarian use of candy, but here I am. With eating those kinds of candy, you can get full, but with a Tic Tac, you can only shove so many Tic Tacs in your mouth, and you have to wait for them to melt or something. You can't chew these things. You're going to hurt your teeth. So it's, and it's not like gum. I learned, you know, that gum actually goes back to a tree or something, which is insane. Um, I forgot the word that describes gum. It starts with an M, I think. But it's the sticky part of gum. The, the part that makes it to where it, it, you know, digs plaque out of your teeth or whatever. But I was thinking about this Tic Tac thing. And a Tic Tac box, like, fits perfectly in your hand. You have that satisfying click as, as you open the container, as you close the container. <laughs> I price checked some of these Tic Tacs. They run around, like, about $2 a piece just odd knowledge for no reason at all but I know Tic Tacs could probably help somebody who has a a fixation around their hands like smoking it's probably good for that and but I couldn't I don't know I just couldn't get past it I was like strawberries and cream so and of course Dr. Pepper did a strawberries and cream thing if I'm not mistaken so it's almost like they were jumping on that bandwagon if they thought to jump on that bandwagon post Dr. Pepper doing it They've got some people in the boardroom who are some real geniuses. And somebody heard me talking about this. And they thought it was so stupid that uh, they sound as critical as I've been earlier in the podcast. They thought it was so stupid that I was having this debate. No, not really a debate, but this whole internal dialogue about Tic Tacs. And uh, he, he was kind of putting me down about it, but not, not all the way. It, just, it was like a little put down. And I was trying to explain to him, I was like, you know, there are people who are getting paid a lot of money to have this discussion. That's the reality of it. There there are people who are, you know, somewhat important having this discussion about what's the utilitarian use of a Tic Tac. Then I started getting into the weeds. So Tic Tac is made by the same company that does, and they were invented in 49. What, What other thing did they do? Oh, Rocher, Ferrero Rocher. They're they're made by the same people that make the Ferrero Rocher, if you've had Ferrero Rocher. Fire, if you're allergic to nuts, no, you can't. (laughs) So, 
uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that this, the company that made Ferrero Rocher, those candies that come in the aluminum foil with the nuts and the, uh, the little chocolate asteroids. Oh my gosh. I could just, you know, go crazy on my podcast about it, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, the company that makes Ferrero Rocher is the same company that did Tic Tac. They came over to America in 69, 62, 69. It was in the 60s. And then in 49, it was invented. The Tic Tac was invented. I think they had to have went with like mint and winter fresh or something or just mint. Because uh, it's odd. I started thinking about the Tic Tac more. I was like, you know, it's kind of the shape of a sprinkle. Maybe that goes somewhere. I don't know. Now I'm really reaching here. But yeah, you can take a thought process as far as you want to take it. Here I went from thinking about thinking and doing to... Uh, and logic and emotion to Tic Tacs. Impulses to get that box of Tic Tacs, emotional. The freshness after the Tic Tac, and, uh, or, yeah, and the meal you just had, a couple Tic Tacs, that's a good feeling. That's logic. <laughs> no. It's, it's, I, it's, it is logic to be fresh. If you're gonna... Give somebody a big old kiss. At least do it with a, a minty tic-tac mouth. Don't do it with, I just ate, and that's when I'm on, kind of thing. Emotions versus logic. And that's that's overthinking. There's no, there's no conducive thought to that. But next time you pass tic-tacs in the aisle, look for the flavor strawberries and cream. I haven't really seen it out yet. I did see them on Amazon. But if it's there, I mean, that is just an odd candy. I'm going to have to try them after putting this much thought process in it. And I'll get back to you and let you know what I think. If they're any any good. But yeah, there's a whole reveal party that went on. And there's there's this whole... People were being paid to activate those Tic Tac fountains. People were... That's legitimately what they were doing. Now, they're big buff guys, big long-haired guys. You know, I'm jealous of some of those guys. That's why I want to get cut out here, you know? See if I could show up on the radar, be a Tic Tac Fountain guy. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Well, I hate to get you guys on that kind of tangent. What else was I watching? I was watching something else. I saw a bunch of things that provoked thought. But when I had my alone time, that's... That's when I decided, hey, I'm going to let things go. I'm going to, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to buff up, I'm just going to buff up. And if I want to have facial hair, I'm going to have facial hair. It's not good if I'm trying to make myself employable. You want to stay kind of clean. And uh, if you want to be approachable, you want to stay kind of clean. But every now and then, just to be lazy and let loose, I think it's very conducive to being more yourself, being more relaxed, being more open. Because it's kind of the whole cat and mouse thing. When you chase after something, it runs away sort of thing. If you're comfortable and you're setting the environment for something, the thing just happens. Avoiding that apex fear is going to happen subconsciously. Me being more comfortable, what's that going to do? Maybe maybe that's going to make me happier. That's being in touch with the emotion. The logic is knowing and being situationally aware you know, this is going to make me less approachable, being less clean cut. But the emotional response is, I might be more comfortable for that. As long as it's not hurting anyone and, you know, it's not affecting anybody negatively 
And some things affect people negatively and there's nothing you can do about it. Probably like strawberries and cream Tic Tacs. That's affecting someone negatively somewhere. Suck it up. It's a candy. <laughs> Suck it up. Yeah. What's your favorite candy, though? Leave, leave your comment in here. I never thought I'd talk about something like that, but I'm here. I've arrived here. This is where I am. I've never really been big on candy because by the time you get a hankering for candy, it's almost like your body telling you, hey, I've, you know, I've, I'm getting a little bit hungry, so I've always preferred just go ahead and get a meal kind of thing. So I phased out of the candy, but uh, mom used to love candy, and I've seen people around me, it makes them like really happy. It's, of course, part of being a kid during Halloween. You have the candy everywhere. And this, like the Snickers thing, you're not the same. You're not, you're not you when you're hungry. But if you're hungry, don't go for Snickers, you know, like maybe go for a meal. Maybe go for sustenance. (laughs) Maybe just go ahead and, you know, cash out on getting a, you know, getting the whole, the whole shebang. Because you eat enough Snickers, you're going to feel like crap. So this house going to go down. These tangents I get on are ridiculous. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I don't want to take it much further if I don't have a direction I'm going. So, and I'm basically out of time. I've got to go get some things done, get cleaned up, go on with my day. But I just want to stop by and hang out with you for a little while. See what you're doing. If you're in a situation and you're wondering when growth is going to happen, you can sit there evolutionary style and your mind's going to figure it out. You're going to think of a way it's going to happen. Is it quitting that job and pursuing something new? Maybe that's what's going to happen. Is it you want to enjoy, impulsively enjoy a box of Tic Tacs? By themselves, no reason. You're going to do it. You're going to get burned down on Tic Tacs. You're going to, you're going to carry out whatever, you know, the response is. It's the impulse, the supply and demand of the body just doing what it needs to do within reason. Because you don't want to, uh, like I said, you don't want to be doing something you shouldn't be doing. Um, but yeah, hope you're having a great week out there. Hope you're achieving something. I'm going to be back same time next week. If you haven't already, give us a subscribe on Spotify, a follow on Apple Podcasts. That'd be neat. Uh, I do see the analytics, and I really appreciate you guys showing up and showing out every week. And I appreciate the comments and the uh, positive things that we're, we're getting. If you're going through something, you're not alone. I enjoy hanging out with you. You're always welcome at the RDS show. It's a judgment-free zone. If you're a Tic Tac addict, maybe think about having an intervention. (laughs) All right, I'm dropping it. It's done. Robert Dowd Show Podcast. Thanks. Have a great week.